Welcome to the DBS Films Podcast, a behind-the-scenes look into making indie films. Learn from DBS Films about their process, tips, and fun stories that all come with making multiple movies a reality. Hey everybody, welcome to the DBS Films Podcast. My name is Kellen, with me as always my brother Brendan. Together we make movies with the DBS Films. Today's episode, we're going to part two of why you should look at remaking your ideas as a filmmaker. In the first episode, we basically highlighted what this process looks like, why we think it's beneficial. And in this episode, I wanted to kind of get more tactical and, you know, some of the things that we learn moving from one movie to the other. Again, be sure to take a look at our Discord channel online because we make movies for our fans, with our fans. So if you ever want to be part of the movie making process, that is the place to be. We actually have an audition going on right now for The Girl in Cabin 14, which is why it's perfect timing for us to go ahead and bring up what this concept is. So we kind of mentioned it again in the first episode. Basically, you as a filmmaker have such few opportunities to learn that we think it makes complete in idiotic nonsense for you not to look at ideas you've already done and how you can improve them for a multitude of ways. One, you see how successful they are. Two, you can understand from your mistakes of watching them. And three, you can get direct feedback on what works and does not work. So there's all of those benefits in there. And I think really the way that it works is, or the way that it kind of you know, shows itself the most is in the way that our movies were developed. So, you know, we mentioned the first eight are loving hateful eight. Um, you know, we really weren't taking all the ownership of the process. So we just didn't know. Again, the team that we had was absolutely amazing. You know, all the buck stops with us in the sense that it is our responsibility for all of these things. And they did a fantastic job. We have those movies, but we really started learning, you know, from that afterwards. And, you know, we took the girl in cabin 13, which was really a much more smaller uh, concept and scale. And that was really kind of a safe concept. So it was a new concept, um, but we were pretty confident with the idea. But the first one that we did was the haunting of the murder house. And I think I want to point to how there's a level of comfort when it comes to making this additional 1.0 movie, like the, the 2.0 concept of it. And after we had made the girl in cabin 13 and we were comfortable with being able to film something like we had a movie and that's why the idea was so small we knew the first movie we were jumping into was the haunting of the murder house which was the 2.0 version of the haunting of the suicide house so what was kind of the logic in the sense of knowing you know right from the start that once we get girl in cabin 13 we're remaking the suicide house why did that come about well, it's just easier to make a, a movie that you've done before. You understand the characters. You understand what you're trying to do. You understand the story. And the story is completely different. We kept, I believe, the person who chopped people up. I don't even remember if we even kept him. I think we gave him a whole new backstory and a whole new thing. Um, We kept Kai, the name Kai. But everything else is completely different from that from that movie. The beats are not similar at all. Um, but it's still easier to do it because we had a general understanding of what we're trying to do, you know? Um, and I wanted to make, you know, Girl in Cabin 13 is new. Murder House was a 2.0 version. Then we went into Forced to Death, which is new. Then we went to a 2.0 version. And that's kind of, it's beneficial because we're working on stories that I'm familiar with that, you know, you can look back on and say, man, I wish I could have done that. Well, this is your opportunity to actually do that. So it's definitely different, um, but it's just easier 
like the pre-production writing the girl in cabin 14 script is super easy because I have it pretty much already done. Now it's just like, all right, like where do we go wrong with this one? Um, what can we do to kind of spice it up? What changes do we need to make? What scenes can we add in there to really, you know, really get this one over the top? And it's just, you know, getting the mass men to that, the house quicker, the cabin quicker, um, adding more tension, getting a better hook on there and just really kind of moving them throughout the space throughout the story as quickly as possible i think that there wasn't many downbeats in girl in cabin 13 but there's a lot of down scenes where they're just kind of sitting and being like all right what should we do and there's only so many times you can do what what should we do before you know you kind of bore the audience so just fixing a lot of those mistakes fixing some character stuff but really just trying to figure out as many cool things as we possibly can do in the hour and 20 minutes that we have to tell the story yeah, and I think really in this episode, since we have two out, no, we'll be out horror in the forest, but we've seen it. We know the completed version of it, so we will be able to tell you the differences. We're just going to hop really into that focus and then finish a little bit with Girl in Cabin 14 um, in the sense of what those updates would be. But for the Girl in Cabin 14, or for not Girl in Cabin 14, but for um, the murder house, you know, I think it's it's a good point to point out what we really keep is the overall idea, like the overall concept is what we're basically keeping. And that concept is a team of paranormal investigators go to a house and things go bad. That's that's what we keep. We keep that umbrella of it. Now, what we do know are little details of things that either work or don't work, but mainly we know what doesn't work. And in the suicide house, there's a lot of examples of things that do not work. Um, leaving the lights on is always not spooky. Um, there's just a lot of little things there, but the overall concept is of these, these ghost hunters going to a location. And why I think we really focus on the core concept is the suicide house. While it is one of my least favorite movies, it is my least favorite of the hateful eight. I really have a disdain for that movie. Um, again, it is all, all of our lovely children, but this is the child that on the bottom of the step, I might kick a little bit. And it is something where, again, my skill in having a favorite movie of this, you know, Devil in the Room, which did the absolute worst when it came to our movies, Suicide House was one of the best. And the core concept sold. People liked it. It was engaging to them and they enjoyed that level of a, a concept. And that drove the idea where, OK, if people are buying the overall concept, now we just tweak the little underlings of it. So you want to talk about how knowing that an overall concept works is such a blessing as a filmmaker. And then you can really examine what you did and just how you would improve it. Because like you said, we basically refiddled that entire thing. Like we have Kai as almost like an homage. We do have them as a team and they are faking things, which is kind of the concept element there. And then someone does get possessed and kills them. But those are the core concepts that we keep in all of the details. Well, guess what? We're a sculptor again. We got a fine little chisel now. We know what we're doing. Yeah. And I mean, the most beneficial thing from these 1.0 versions is just to find your audience. Because you can make all these movies, you can do as much as you want to do, you can tell a great story and have a great movie, but if nobody wants to watch your movie, you're not going to get any feedback, you're not going to get any money, you're going to really be trapped. And I see a lot of indie filmmakers who make really, really good movies, I'm just like, who's going to watch this? It's a very weird 
you know, topic. I don't think there's a lot of people who, you know, are interested in this when they could probably find something that, you know, kind of is maybe not as, um, or like, I'm trying to think like the best way to say it would be like something that's just a little bit more marketable or has a larger audience and kind of tailor that idea towards them. Um, I think Christopher Nolan does a really good job of making movies that he wants to make, but he markets them and kind of, kind of makes decisions based on a larger audience. And I think as an indie filmmaker, you kind of have to do that as well. Um, but I mean, that's the whole goal is like we made a whole bunch of movies and the ones that flop that do not find an audience flop hard and you are not going to get your money back. Your probably is going to be a complete loss. And having that information is extremely, extremely valuable. But, you know, you always like, why would you scale up a 2.0 version movie into something that just lost money again? And there's just no audience. It's just not a good idea. But the whole thing is like, all right, I never, I'm not going to go down that track again. If I make a movie that nobody likes, like the invited really hard time finding that audience, probably not going to make another invited. Um, I could do another invited. And I, I feel like I know where that audience is. We just picked the wrong audience um, or suicide house into the forest or Suicide House and Into the Forest. Suicide House did very well. We knew there was an audience. Into the Forest did very well, but people, there were so many issues with that movie that people just dropped off really quickly. Morgan Estate had a really solid audience. We hit that audience and demographic very hard. Devil in the Room just really struggled to find that audience. Um, and I think something like Forest Death, now it's going to be interesting. One of the reasons I really want to see this new launch is to see where Forest Death really kind of ends up among the new movies uh girl in cabinet 13 we knew that audience we hit that audience we did really well murder house we knew that audience we hit that audience did really well force of death i didn't have a lot of data on it was our best performing movie so it gives me hope that you know into the forest or horror in the forest is going to do really really well but it also could say hey there is an audience for these 80s kind of shapeshifter kind of um old school movies which is kind of cool you know it's cool to kind of do that to get back into that um that realm because it's another world to play in but a lot of people also like you know it's just a tougher sell a lot of people want elevated horror these days they don't like the cheesy stuff um if you were to release like texas chainsaw massacre 2 now people would absolutely destroy that movie because they just don't understand that you know horror comes from a different genre everything doesn't need to be super scary um but all this data with each release just gives us more confidence that all right, I could scale up our budget. I could scale up our production. I could add more special effects because I know there's an audience for this movie. And I think a lot of filmmakers just never even get to that step. Yeah, I think that's really the case. And I think what the, the big thing here and what I'm glad you mentioned is like force of death, you know, again, we do have the discord community now supporting these launches a little bit more. So it's, hard to kind of variable out different things but that was the biggest thing we were afraid of was is there going to be a core audience for it we were like we don't know if this concept's going to sell what's going to happen with this and i think that again is the biggest benefit and you know let's hop into the second 2.0 version of a movie that we did which is into the forest and i think into the forest what's different with into the forest versus um suicide house is again we really retook that core concept and made big changes to it in my opinion concept was missing children and like again if you watch horror in the if you watch into the forest it is almost like two movies melded into one 
where there is these missing kids elements. And then there is this shape-shifting witch that we never correctly explain either of them with a finer comb. And again, we learned a lot too. It's like, that's the double benefit is we learn a lot too from what we did in these movies. So we're just better at filmmaking so we can reapproach it. And what do we do after we saw Into the Forest? We're like, you know what? This Jim character really resonates and the missing daughter really resonates. And we basically took that movie right at the half point, chopped it off and expanded it to really play into what I think is the best version of Into the Forest is this, you know, horror in the forest really encapsulates such a better narrative. It's the same concept, but it's basically like, instead of it making a right, we just stay on the path. We stay on the path of this missing children. And I think it, it highlights a really good example where like, yes, we take a look at the core concept, but even your core concept can improve so much after you watch it. And you're like, you know what? we really should just do this or we really should do that. And that's why it's so apparent there. It's like, what are your thoughts on how we really took into the forest and ran in a different direction? Same concept, but such a different movie because of the way that we embrace the new direction for it. Yeah. But I mean, we, we knew that there's an audience for this. We knew that people like the paranormal investigators, we knew people like the, the witch concept, and when I went back and looked at Into the Forest, I looked at what I liked about it. I looked at the feedback from it, and I kind of looked at the script, and we kept nothing. We kept the Nelson character missing his daughter. That was it. Everything else in that script is brand new. Um, and that just shows you, like, your first movie, um, we made a ton of mistakes. We made so many mistakes that the only thing that we really kept was the Nelson character. We kept a very dark scene, which I really liked. Um, and, you know, we kind of moved forward, but there was really nothing else in there. We kept none of the pop scares. We didn't keep the redneck guy. We didn't keep, uh, we kept Joe, but we kind of beefed up his character a little bit. Um, but I looked back at, you know, my feedback on the movie and other people's feedback on the movie. And it was, the best part of this movie is a child abduction, child mystery with the Nelson character. And we took that and we made a whole movie about it. And if I were to give myself feedback on horror in the forest, I would have done this sooner. I would have introduced Nelson character sooner. He comes in about the 30 minute mark. So you have about an hour with him, but I would really get him in this movie earlier, but it just shows you, you know, that these two movies if you had no idea who we were or what we're doing, the only similarities are the group of paranormal investigators that go in the woods. There's nothing. We kept nothing from either of them, um, which is disappointing because obviously you want to have more stuff used, more good stuff. But it really was, you know, drawing, going back to the drawing board. Now for Girl in Cabin 13, we kept more of it. Um, there's a lot of stuff that I thought we did really well in Girl in Cabin 13. And there's a lot of stuff that we just threw out. And I'm like, all right, we're not going to do this. We're going to change it differently. But it just shows you our growth from, you know, Into the Forest was maybe our fourth movie. Um, and Girl in Cabin 13 was our 10th movie, ninth movie. Um, so obviously there is progression there. We're seeing ourselves get better. I think that's exactly the case. And I think it's a good thing to point out. And like when I look at it and I'm saying the overall concept, the details and the individual scenes, yeah, those are going to completely reworked, but it's still, in my opinion, required us to see Nelson, to see the reaction, to see all of these things to say, okay, let's run with this concept and completely rework it as you mentioned. 
I think that again is, is the big benefit to it. And, you know, that leads me right into, like you were saying with girl in cabin 13. So, you know, as we improve as filmmakers and as we get more things right and then wrong instead of wrong, it allows us to really grow and develop on more of a tactical level. So it's much better there. And I would say what's nice with kind of the girl in cabin 13 is, you know, again, you get more confident with our filmmaking in general. I think the biggest issue with girl in cabin 13 is, you know, again, that was our first time doing it. We could have just never had a movie. Like it could have just not worked. And like, that was a very, very distinct possibility where we've proven that we could do it by ourselves. And that really kind of, you know, helped out with the confidence in just a lot of different ways and a lot of different benefits. So like with that being said, um, you know, in your opinion, when you're able to not only improve as a filmmaker and then get this concept and then get it again, you like, I just, I feel like this is going to be one of our easiest productions already. We're seeing it in the screenwriting already. We're seeing it. You kind of in the sense of being able to improve. And what I think the nice thing is, is instead of creating a hundred percent movie, it almost feels like we have like a 75% movie and we're really focused in getting that extra 25% improved. And you know, what are kind of your thoughts on that? Where when you have a better, you know, a better core concept already and a better core story and things that do work in the girl in cabin 13, to me, it just makes the girl in cabin 14, which we're doing right now, you get to focus on making it better instead of creating the whole thing from scratch. Yeah. And it's really kind of nice to have that option. I think really good films are made because of the attention to detail and unfortunately as an indie filmmaker as an indie film studio attention to detail is just not something we have the luxury of having um i try and put as much time as much effort into doing these movies into paying as close attention to details as possible but i'm wearing so many hats that my time my energy is just spread thin but if I have, you know, maybe 60% of Girl in Cabin 13 um, is what I'm going to use again, allows me to find some scenes and really kind of spice them up and really go into detail. Um, we can really focus on the climax. We can really focus on the intro. We can add in small scenes that just really spice the movie up because I'm not spending time and energy really trying to, you know, create a completely new concept. So it's going to be really good. It's a luxury that we have where I think I have right now about 60, 65 pages written of this script. We need about 25 more, but I'm kind of looking at this like, oh, before I'd be like, all right, how do I stretch this movie out another 25 minutes? And that's where you kind of get these awkward downbeat scenes. Instead, I'm like, all right, I have 25 pages left. You know, how can we allocate this in the best way possible to the coolest scenes? And that's really a luxury to have now because those scenes are going to be really cool because they're going to be detail oriented. They could be breakaway scenes that we could just give attention to. Um, they give, they could add to the intro, they could add to the ending. And, you know, just knowing the mistakes that we've made before, avoiding those mistakes and then trying new stuff is really how I think we're going to get a really cool movie with uh, this girl in cabin 14. I'm very excited for Girl in Cabin 14 because, um, again, I, I think Girl in Cabin 13 is always going to hold a special place in our hearts. GC 13 is definitely one that uh, really set up a lot of different things for us, and I'm excited to to do this. But the last thing I think I really wanted to end on is, 
you know, again, as we continue to make more movies, we just get better and better. Like we're taking the skills that we learned in the Bigfoot project and bringing them to Girl in Cabin 14. And then once we're done with Girl in Cabin 14, we're taking the skills we learned from that movie, taking it to Murder House. So it's really this compounding effect that not only are you getting better as a filmmaker, but your core concepts are getting better. I think the last thing I wanted to end on is why I think this makes us so beneficial as an asset as filmmakers is if you know we ever did have an increase in budget, if we ever did have someone approach us for you know a specific movie offer, we have a you know audience tested concept that we're very confident in that we've ironed out that if you give us a, you know a 10x budget, which again is still in the low indie range for Hollywood you can knock it out of the park. You know what I mean? And if you're a first time filmmaker or a second time filmmaker or going to a new idea, like if you ever got, you know, like a million dollar budget, a $2 million budget, Blumhouse knocks on our doors. Like, Hey, I've been listening to the podcast. It's absolutely amazing. You guys are the best. You know, I'm going to give you a $5 million concept. I would wager that you're going to pick one of the concepts you've done before versus a completely different. Oh yeah. 100%. Uh, and it's not just the concepts. It's just like the scenes we know that work. Um, you know, I've been trying, we have a small pickup with the Roger project and we have to, well, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a character that comes back in the woods with a mask on. And basically the original way we filmed it, we were kind of running out of time. We didn't do it very well. And so now I have to get a really good pop scare on this because I think that, the movie, the Roger Project movie is extremely solid, but this is a high risk area if we don't get this to hit. So I, and it's, I'm willing to spend the extra time to, you know, get a pop scare. And what's the first thing I do? I go back through all our movies and look at all the pop scares. I'm like, all right, what was our best pop scare using one character in a location? Devil in the Room was a very good one um, where he pops out of the laundry room. Then the other one that uh, people ranked our highest scare was the one where Jim kind of pops out of a tree. And so I'm going to try a couple of these. I'm going to try and keep the ones that we want. And then once again, I have options when I go to edit it. But just having that library of DBS pop scares that we've done before, we understand how to do them is a luxury. Because before I probably would just kept this in here or I wouldn't have even done this like I did it um, or, you know, just because I didn't have the experience, but now I have the luxury of going back and being like, all right, like what pop do we do? Let's try a couple new ones. Let's try and fall back on the ones we did before. So we can really tighten this scene up and really get this movie to where it needs to go. Um, because it's a very solid movie. It just needs this one little tweak. And I think we're good to go. And I think that's, again, going to be the big benefit from us is we're able to move and adapt and get better. And I mean, if we make four movies this year, five movies, potentially, if we make six movies next year, eight movies, potentially, it just snowballs and continues to grow and grow and grow. So, again, that's why all filmmakers out there, if you're listening to this, keep this concept in mind because we think it's really the best way to do it. That's going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Again, take a look at our Discord channel online. We make movies for our fans with our fans. We have open auditions for the girl in Cabin 14. You can be part of the 2.0 version, baby. We're doing it. And all you got to do, join Discord. Take a look at that. Horror in the Forest. Who knows at this point? But it will be out and you will give us a review and a rental because that means we get to do what we love doing, which is making movies and continue to provide these opportunities. That being said, it's going to go ahead and wrap up our episode. Go ahead and hope you have a good one, my friends.